This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. Sentenced to life for a crime he didn't commit. That's what Abri Ratz and his loved ones claim as a bizarre legal battle unfolds before the Constitutional Court. The case dates back to almost 13 years, when at age nine, Abri's daughter, Megan, confessed her father had raped her. But three years later, Megan recanted her confession, alleging she was brainwashed by social workers and coerced into making the false confession. So why eight years later is Abri still behind bars? Derek Watts investigates. For the first eight years of her life, Megan Ratz and her father, Aubrey, were inseparable. The drawing of two people having sex changed everything. I know it's not my fault because I was still young. I feel guilty because my father is sitting in jail. Megan says she didn't draw the pictures some would later claim depicted her being raped by her father. He was found guilty and sentenced to life in Zornavata prison outside Pretoria. Megan is now 21. Aubrey, uh, it's Derek Watts here from Carte Blanche. Aubrey, simple question. Did you rape your daughter or molest her in any way? No, never. I remember going to court, not even worried. I'm not guilty. The justice system will just prove that. At first, Megan's mother, Zwanette, believed her then-husband was guilty. Now, though, she's fighting for his release. We met her at the Pretoria office of Aubrey's lawyer. Everything just went downhill after the drawing. Did you ever suspect anything uh, untoward between them? No, never. Zwanette discovered the drawing in Megan's school bag in 2008. Concerned, she asked the child protection organization CMR, short for Kristalika Matska Plekarat, to give her daughter counseling. CMR was established by Afrikaans churches as a network of social workers 85 years ago, aiming to help families in crisis. Swanette approached the CMR North branch, which then referred Megan to a social worker in private practice called Vilna Stander. There were several counseling sessions, but not one was recorded on tape. There was this one session that was like four hours long, without any breaks. She wanted to tell me the difference between a lie and the truth. She used her shoe and the bed as an example. And she told me the bed is a shoe and the shoe is the bed. And then I said what she said, the bed is a shoe and the shoe is the bed. She told me just after that step, my father had raped me. She told you. Mm. Yeah, after she made me confused. That session had dramatic consequences. Swanette was told her husband, Aubrey, had raped their daughter. She claims to have been informed a medical exam found evidence of sex-related injuries. She just told me Megan was penetrated by Vonagili and Anneli. And... Um, it is the father. And I started throwing up and I started screaming and I said, no, it can't be. 
Not all really. But Swanette says she felt pressured into helping prosecute Aubrey. As soon as I told them, every time it's not the father, they just started, Mom, if you're not supporting our case, we're going to remove her from your care. Swanette alleges that the investigating police officer, a CMR social worker and stunder all told her to help Megan memorize her statements for cross-examination. She's going to work with Megan through the statements that they got from Vilna. And then I must go home and prepare Megan with that. Today, I'm very, very, very disappointed in myself that I did that. But I didn't know it was wrong. Megan confirmed her mother's claims, telling us she was coached on what to say in court. What were some of the things that you had to coach her to say? What did he do? Now he put his private inside my private. And how did he feel? Piki seer, but piki lacquer. In 2012, Aubrey was found guilty and sentenced to four life sentences. But just before Aubrey was sentenced, Megan totally recanted her evidence and said that she'd never been raped by her father. That's when I told my aunt that my father didn't do anything to me. As a result, Aubrey was granted a second trial. But in 2015, he was convicted again. The court accepted the evidence from the social workers who relied on Vilna Stander's assessments. But it was during this trial that Swanette stumbled upon a crucial piece of evidence. Megan's medical report, or so-called J88, it found that all was normal. However, the doctor who filled in the J88 testified that it was likely that Megan had been raped. When I saw the J88 that was in Aubrey's file that showed she's still a virgin, then I, they was like, what's going on here? Aubrey was taken to prison. Swanette and Megan went home to pick up the pieces. It would be 13 years before Megan saw her father again. It was by Michelle. I was very emotional. He was the same man that I remembered when I was little. Aubrey can't sit down for an interview, but prisoners are allowed to get phone calls. That first meeting was like talking to a stranger. My daughter that left was nine years old. She was half my size. And here comes this beautiful young lady. She started crying and she said to me that she's going home to freedom and I must go back to myself for what she has testified. Aubrey's story is one of several we uncovered in our investigation, all of them strikingly familiar. We've spoken to six other men who claim Vilna Stander accused them of sexually assaulting their children in cases spanning a decade. We don't name them to protect their children, but three were acquitted. The NPA declined to prosecute two. The sixth man's conviction was overturned. Their stories are recorded as part of a bigger case launched against CMR North by the Department of Social Development. It's based on damning public complaints that CMR North broke up families. The department's report says CMR don't look for a child who needs a family, but for families that need children. Their findings were that 2,000 case files need to be reviewed, and perhaps most damning of all is that they accused them of child trafficking because they unlawfully removed children from their families. 
The allegations led the government into withdrawing its funding of CMR North and stripping it of its child protection organization status. CMR responded by applying for an urgent interdict against the measures, a case that will be heard in mid-September. Until then, CMR can continue its current work but can't take on new cases. As the person at the center of so many of the claims and controversies, it was time to meet Vilna Standa. Still practicing in Pretoria and believing she's the victim of a witch hunt, she agreed to meet us with her lawyer present. Vilna, this is the drawing that um, Megan allegedly made. Can you interpret it for us? The tekening that door the drawing shows that there is penetration. It looks like a smaller person lying on top of a bigger person. It looks like a child drawing a penis and then things coming out of the penis. She drew this in two places. Does it mean her father raped her? No, that is not what it means. Wilna Megan says she didn't even draw this. She told me she did. Zwanet Rath says she was told her daughter was raped by her father. That is what the child told me. The J88 shows there was no sign of penetration and she was still a virgin. Unfortunately, I cannot answer that because it is medical evidence. So you influenced um, the social worker to tell that she was raped by her father? I didn't influence the social worker. I simply told her what the child was telling me and it was going to have to be reported to the police. Standard denies telling Megan her father raped her. She told me he put his private parts in her private parts. Did you coach Megan and her mother for the court? Absolutely not at all. Why would I want to do that? What would be my motive for wanting to coach a child? It is impossible to coach in three hours if you have to do all these techniques. CMR North says Vilna Stander wasn't employed by them at the time, and so they're not involved with Rath's case. Dr. Runel Aylwert is the CEO. But a CMR social worker testified in that case. Uh, yes, only when the case was reopened, yes, she was called to testify. So this social worker and Stander said that Aubrey Roths had raped his daughter anally and vaginally. What evidence did she have? Probably um, what the child disclosed during the socio-emotional assessment. Wouldn't there have been a medical examination? The examination was positive that there was um, penetration, vaginal penetration at least. Are you convinced? Well, I know it was positive. Well, the J88 on record says there was no injury found. Okay, I've not seen the J88, let me be honest. So, despite the medical evidence, CMR insists Aubrey was grooming her. 
In 2008, when Vilna did that, that assessment and Megan disclosed that to her, we were her voice and we tried to help this child. So why did she change um, her testimony before the sentencing? We do have evidence that the family uh, tried to uh, convince Megan to retract her statements and that they told her that her father was going to die in jail. Stunder believes Megan suffered from what's called child sexual accommodation syndrome. It typically results in a retraction. With pressure from family, no support from a mother at that stage, children recant. They feel so guilty. I've had it a lot where children just say, you know, between 22 and 33% of kids recant sexual abuse. Vilna, why didn't you record these sessions? There are no laws that say you have to record it. Let's forget the law, but you'd had previous cases in dispute. Surely by now you should be recording cases. Why don't you? It's evidence. Yes, I hear what you say. Claiming social workers are briefed weekly and their reports checked, CMR North are standing by Vilna Stander, sharing her belief that coaching a child is impossible. But in Megan's case, she's been explicit about how she was coached. Her mother was even coached. Yeah, but that did not happen. They were not coached. Stunder, meanwhile, denies any wrongdoing in the cases involving the other six men, saying she's been cleared by the social worker's statutory body in all complaints lodged against her. CMR North only became aware of the six complaints from the government's court papers, but say Stunder's worked on over 600 of their cases. They feel blindsided by the government's funding cuts and were denied the chance to answer the allegations against them, claims they categorically deny. Aubrey's case is currently before the Constitutional Court, which will decide if his convictions and sentences should be overturned. I still struggle to forgive myself, and that, when I look Aubrey in the eyes, um, it's hard. I'm 22 years old now, and this all started when I was nine years old. So I'm basically fighting my whole life for this to show that my father is innocent. On 14 September 2022, Abri Rad's bail application was denied. The High Court found that Abri stood little chance of success at the Constitutional Court, and therefore bail pending the appeal could not be justified. The Corn Court case is expected to be heard in October this year. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to Carte Blanche, the podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. While you're at it, why not rate and review us? We love hearing from our listeners.